Welcome back to China Manufacturing Decoded, everybody. Adrian from the team here, joined by our CEO, Renault. this time. Hi, Renault. Hello. Hello, everybody. So today, Renault, we're talking about compliance with CE and UKCA for general consumer electromechanical products. Quite the mouthful there. Uh, but yeah, basically, the keywords here are CE and UKCA compliance. And I mean, this covers a lot of products, right? Uh, yes, correct. And basically, it covers the product for which safety is important. Now, it's not all and only about safety, right? Yeah. For example, let me see, um, the Eco Design Directive is one of the directives related to CE. So the products that fall in the scope of that Eco Design Directive have to bear the CE mark and mm. the UKCA mark uh, if, uh, you know, for selling into the the UK and it's not purely about safety uh, that one is more about energy you know, not consuming ex an excessive amount of energy right but mm -hmm. if if i really simplify it's about uh products that are more likely to come with uh safety hazards usually for consumers but not only for consumers right it's is very wide Yes. It includes, well, includes medical devices, and there's there's even a, a separate regulation specifically about the act, active implantable medical devices because it's even another sort of class of of um, mm. of products, and it 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 includes uh, basically yeah all electronics and all electrical products above a certain voltage. Uh, basically excluding those that are with very low voltage. Um, it includes, um, you know, personal protective equipment. It includes toys and uh, a lot of, you know, children types of products. Uh, mm -hmm. It includes, you know, measuring instruments and machinery and lifts and, and so on and so forth. The, the full list will um We'll link to that in the in the show notes. It's all out there on the website of the European Commission. Now, some people think that all products to be sold in the EU must bear the CE mark. Absolutely not. Like if you buy, uh, I don't know, garments or you know, a lot of furniture, and uh, there's a lot of product categories that do not come under this uh, this this scheme of having a CE mark. And actually, mm. if you put a C mark on them, well, you are <laughs> look uh, in itself. That's not. I, I don't think that's really a, a huge issue. You will not get a huge fine or have to recall or anything. But you're gonna call the attention of the market surveillance authorities, and they say, "Well, you know, on this product category, a C mark. What is that doing here?" And then they mm. will think, "Well, these people know nothing about product compliance." And well, let's contact them. Let's ask them for the technical file and, and this and that, because they probably have no clue what they're doing. So they might have done something wrong. Okay, so mm. you're calling the attention. Uh, so don't put the C mark on everything, right? Only if it's necessary. Right, yeah. So because we've, we've started off talking about CE then, okay. When mm -hmm. we are looking at CE, you've made the point that in general, this is, 
for products that are going to be manufactured and sold into the European Union and the UK at the moment. We'll come on to that a little bit later on, though, because remember, we spoke about UKCA at the Mm -hmm. top of the show. I think just a quick maybe overview of how to obtain the CE mark. I think that's going to be helpful at this point. Sure. So if your product has to have the CE mark, well, you get to refer to the related directive or regulation. Okay, it's it's very easy to to look to look that up again. Uh, we'll we'll have a link to that in the show notes. And okay, <laughs> then you go into that. Let's say it's a directive, and then you 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 go and look at the scope to to confirm your product has to be in there. All right, and and then you um, basically it 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 tells you. Uh, a lot of the information you need to know. Mm. But it's a very long read, okay? If I summarize it, basically, there's going to be some standards, some technical standards that usually start with EN something, okay? Uh, these are called harmonized st- standards, meaning that they, um, they're they accepted for um, the, the whole European Union, all right? That's why they call harmonized yeah and, and 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 they change over time okay so you need to make sure you have the, the latest information but for that specific product what standards do they have to pass in order to establish that they are compliant okay that that's one part of the answer but it's not the full answer okay but first there are some standards if you pass these standards as they say, you 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 establish presumption of compliance. You've already done a, a big part of the job. Okay, now it's not a must. In some cases, these standards might not exactly apply very well to your products, and you might come up with a better way to to test them and establish that they are safe. But in that case, it's it's called a, a type examination. You have to work closely with one of the testing labs that are nominated for that, and it's it's. It's very special. I'm not going to cover that. It's uh, yeah. it's usually pretty unique. But anyway, what, was, what I was saying is that one part of the, the answer is to make sure that the product actually passes the technical test based on the, the, the harmonized standards that apply. But it's not the entire solution. You also mm. need to collect a number of information that will go into the technical file. Okay, technical file, technical folder, technical documentation, right? The different, um, usually people call it technical file or technical folder, right? Yeah. And each product must have its own technical file, right? Including typically what kind of product is it, you know, a description, the bill of material, uh, the, 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 the instruction manual. So, the, so some basic documents like this, mm. plus some test reports and or, or certificates doesn't have to be certificate okay but any uh, basically uh, reports that show that tests have been done based on the applicable harmonized standards and that it's passed okay um and all of that is sort of attached to a declaration of conformity the doc yeah it's sort of a central document for each product, there must be a declaration of conformity. If you sell in the EU, and let's say you're going to sell in 10 different countries that have 10 different languages, well, the declaration of conformity should be in 10 different languages. And they should spell out, okay, this is the this is the product, the model number, et cetera. And 
we, the manufacturer, you know, uh, declare that they are in conformity with that, you know, such and such um, directive or regulation, etc. Okay. In principle, you have to do that before you put the product to the market. You should not wait for the market surveillance authorities or customs or, um, you know, uh, basically you should not ask for the authorities to to contact you and ask for it. It should already be there, already ready by the time you put the product on the market, right? So you have a product. Mm. It has its own DOC, Declaration of Conformity, and the DOC is sort of supported by all the technical file, okay? That is sort of the way to to view it, all right? And the, the CE mark, your ability to put the CE mark on the product is supported by the DOC, which is supported by the technical folder, okay? It's sort of the, the, the result. You have done all that work, and then you sort of establish that the product is compliant and you declare, hey, I declare that it's conform to the applicable regulation or directive, and I put this product on the market. Okay, it is issued by the manufacturer. So let let's clarify. Uh, so the, the European Commission has their own lingo, okay, their own uh, jargon, and one of them is the economic operators. And I'm not going to go through all of them, but basically. What we call a manufacturer is not what they call a manufacturer. Mm. <laughs> if a company, I don't know, in Germany buys a product from China, uh, let's say, I don't know, a um, a Bluetooth speaker, very simple product, very common, okay, cheap, okay. They buy a Bluetooth speaker, they put their own brand on it, yep. they design the packaging, they put it on 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 the market in let's say in Germany, Netherlands, Sweden, uh, Austria, Denmark. Okay, and they do not mention the name of the real manufacturer, right? So uh, Shenzhen, blah 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 company. They do they do not mention it because they don't want anybody to know, right? They don't want their competitors or anybody else to know where it's made. In that case, they that German company is considered the manufacturer. They put it on the market, all of that in their name is just like they are the manufacturer, okay? And the, as the manufacturer, they have to produce the declaration of conformity themselves. Mm. Uh, I hope it makes sense. <laughs> so, That's a, it's a good summary. Okay, I'm trying not to confuse people. Uh, no. It's, Obviously, there's much, much more depth in this, but um, mm. if I summarize it, sort of how it works, that, that's my best mm. try. Okay. Yeah, make, that, that makes sense so far. So uh, that leads me on to the next question then. So if we don't follow this sort of th- these rules or this process and obtain the CE mark, as an importer, what's going to happen? Well, you can be fined uh, if... If they are afraid that you know it might present some some safety issues, you might have to to do a recall, and it's not impossible that you know you might end up in jail or something, right? So it really depends on the type of product and the type of you know the the, the potential severity of the issues that that might come from from the products that you brought on the market. Okay, mm. and and it also depends on how 
sort of reckless you, you you've been right so if if you have taken some reasonable steps you've done some due diligence but you missed a few things of course it's not as bad as if you did nothing right if you just mm. <laughs> you fly to to Guangzhou you go to the Canton Fair you say I want this 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 you just buy them and put your logo on it put them on the market do nothing you know just pay the supplier, pay for the shipment, import it, um, you know, sell it to some shops or e-commerce or something, and you get caught, you've mm. done zero of the reasonable steps. You've done zero due diligence, right? Mm. And you, you, yeah, if you do that with some, uh, you know, for some products that end up hurting people, you know, because sometimes like, the market surveillance authorities actually are doing very little, okay? A lot of people in the industry kind of complain that they're really not doing that much. Okay, yeah, they will check here, they will check there. If you're a retailer, if you if you have, you know, 10,000 products uh, sold in, uh, in 100 shops, yeah, you will get controlled here and there. Yeah, 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 right. But there's a lot of operators that are sort of under the radar, Right, mm-hmm. um, and they can operate under the radar for years and years. Now, that stops when some people are complaining about the product, and uh, you know they're complaining to to the right um, authorities in their country, and these authorities will do a little investigation, and that's when the party stops. Right, mm-hmm. and if some people have been hurt badly or or, or even died, um, you know. Battery um, catches fire. The, the 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 whole house catches fire. You know yeah. uh, that kind of things happens, right? And they look at it and they say, "Well, you know, this product is totally non-compliant. Who 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 brought this into the market?" Right? They will look into it. And mm. um, same thing if there there's been some catastrophic uh, economic loss. Right? It's not just about killing people. It's also about um yeah just not destroying property right because some of these mm. these these, uh, these products might yeah again the, the the example of the battery that catches fire and then you know a whole building catches fire but it can be can be some can be something else right it can be <laughs> explosive equipment i mean there's a lot of things you know pressure vessels that explode there's yep. a lot of things that are really uh, scary so if things go wrong, they will go after the people that they can go after, right? And yeah. can they go after the, the Shanghai uh, ABC import-export company? Probably not that easy. But yeah. can they go after that that importer in, 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 in Paris? Yeah, much easier, mm. right? Mm. So, of course, they're going to go after the importer in the EU, right? I'm just thinking what Clive Greenwood would say about this. I'm, I can hear his voice in my head. He'd probably be like, and, and rightly so. Right, and rightly so. Yeah, we covered this a little bit uh, in a previous podcast. And yeah, he, he mentioned that the market service authorities do pretty much nothing. Well, it's not exactly mm. true. They do some stuff. I, I regularly have some feedback about, you know, them checking some of our clients. So I know that it's happening, but mm. so many operators are just, you know that they just stay under the radar, and the EU has been closing the gaps little by little, 
there's an economic operator called is not fulfillment center it's um okay i, I forgot the exact name but basically mm. the amazon ebay right all these companies they might operate and and the seller might be wherever you know in india in china so who is the importer right so for a long time who's going to be sued well we don't really know well uh, i think it was in 2019 that this was um clarified and that they actually have a role okay and and that's why for example amazon has been taking product safety more and more seriously and they've been uh, kicking out uh, a lot of products that could not show the right paperwork, right? So um, the, the the EU has been trying to close the holes, right? But there's still a lot of holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, it's 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 absolutely not the case that it's impossible to import products into the EU or, or UK which are supposed mm-hmm. to bear a CE mark and have gone through all of the new due diligence and testing. But mm-hmm. it's actually, it, you can do it, it's possible. But of course, if you're caught or if, it, if problems occur, then they're going to go hunting for who's going to be responsible. Oh, yeah. But you shouldn't do it, obviously, you, but it's, it's possible. Right. It's illegal. It's illegal. Yeah, so yeah, you, don't, yeah. you, don't need to, you don't need to be sued. You know, mm-hmm. a, a simple administrative control uh can <laughs> can lead, lead you into a lot of trouble right yes um, you don't have to wait until you get sued uh, but if you do not get controlled if your products don't cause any major issues then you can keep operating under the table for a long time right uh, but it is absolutely illegal i mean it's just mm-hmm. like I don't know, um, hiring some staff that you don't declare uh, or, or um, you know, misrepresenting what um, HS code the products you buy fall into so that you you, you pay a, a lower mm. import duty. I mean, there's a, a lot of things like this that are quite mm. dangerous. You know, people yeah. are playing with fire sometimes. But yeah, it's it's this is one of these. Mm. And, and remember, we're talking about general consumer electromechanical products and i mean a lot of those these days do have batteries and wherever you've got battery you've got a potential risk of safety and damage so and we all we all remember the story of you know the hoverboards i've started to see them around a little bit more now so i guess they must actually be (laughs) legit maybe but they were all sort of bursting into not all of them but a lot of them were bursting into flames and they were clearly coming in and they were not properly tested and you know, and validated uh, by whoever was mm. bringing them in, I think. And then they sort of got banned for a while and then you never saw them around. I'm thinking of uh, back in the UK for sure, right? And now you do see kids on them a little bit more. So maybe they've sort of caught up with how to properly, you know, do the due diligence on them and make sure that they are technically safe. But but that, I mean, that's a good example. And that's just one of the millions of different kinds of devices with batteries. So, yeah, I mean, it's right. it's it's really a broad brush, isn't it? To be very clear, yeah, yeah to because some people might say, "Oh, but they don't know what they're talking about." Uh, batteries <laughs> do not fall under the CE mark. Okay, let's be very clear. Mm. Um, now, there's a lot of products that fall under the CE marking uh, scheme for sure, that include mm. batteries, right? Yeah, <laughs> but but batteries alone have their own. Um, it's a regulation, yeah, about batteries and waste batteries, and right. it's. 
2019. Okay, repelling the directive from 2006. Okay, so I was right. It was a directive. It is now a regulation. Batteries sold apart from, you know, just as batteries themselves in the EU, it is different. Okay. Yeah. So, sorry. Yeah, please keep going. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's a a good point to make. Uh, As you mentioned at the top of the show, CE Mark products, uh, don't include all types of products. And I mean, uh, right. uh, this also goes for UKCA, which we're going to move on to. So we've been speaking about CE so far. So what is the difference then? When we when we hear this particular phrase, UKCA then, what's the difference between UKCA and CE? Well, uh, as you know, uh, your compatriots voted for Brexit, right? Mm. And your government had to sort of plan for it sort of what they should have <laughs> and uh. um <laughs> and one of the, the the points was what about product safety standards how you know and all the all the related regulations what you know what are we going to do we can't keep calling it ce because this is administered by the commission the eu commission in brussels but we have to manage it ourselves right Mm. so they came up with this um very you know uh, it is exactly the same thing basically to be Mm. to to to, uh you know the same content things are written a bit different it it has a different name ukca i think it stands for uh, uk so united kingdom conformity assessment okay ukca just to say this is a separate type of mark that is administered from a different administration. Okay. Yep. Apart from that, for the time being, you know, the content is all the same, right? The mm. short answer is, is all the same. Things, and it was already the case um, in the past. Uh, a lot of these directives from the European Commission came up in some kind of technocratic kind of English and then different countries sort of translated it in their own ways, um, you know, and, and transposed it into their own national body of law, right? And so the UK has been taking these directives and adapting them a little bit, but the content is exactly the same, all right? And that hasn't changed. That hasn't changed. It is still part of the body of law of the UK. The content is the same. Mm. Now, if you take a product that has the CE mark and you have the declaration of conformity and the whole technical folder and everything is fine, and you put it on the UK market today, you're okay. okay? Yeah. 2024, it's also okay, right? So they, it was supposed to be okay until I think end of last year. And then a lot of companies were not ready. And the government just said, okay, okay, okay. we, um, It's a mess. All right, you know, give it one or two more years, right? So yeah. if they don't push it back again, <laughs> we don't know. Uh, if they don't push it back again but i think this time they really you know now is really ample time i think Mm. to put a product on the uk market 
in January of 2025 or later, it will have to be marked as UKCA, okay? can also have the CE mark. I mean, they're not going to make different editions of different products, right? But it will have to also have the UKCA mark to uh, to be sold on the UK market. Right? Yeah, it's 31st of December, 2024. The ability to mark products with CE expires in the UK. Mm, right. And we... Yeah, we'll include that uh, that link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And um, things might change, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> you need to keep referring to um, to that page on the the, yeah. the UK government website. You know what, Renaud? Actually, I think we need to make the point right now, though. We're saying UK. Actually, it's Great Britain. Uh, we need to make the point that you don't mark right, right, products right. UKCA in Northern Ireland, and that's an important yes, uh, that's an important correct, correct. point. Northern Ireland correct. is going to follow the European regulations for many, many numerous reasons, which is probably not a lot of uh, point in going into in this particular podcast. Right. But for listeners who are not accustomed with British history and and all of that, they have closer ties to the Republic of Ireland and. So we can't, as British people, basically put a big wall up between Northern Ireland and the Mm. Republic of Ireland. So they need to really use the same rules as Europe, because that's what's used in the Republic. That's my very, very quick summary. Sorry if I've got it wrong. I think that's that's pretty much right. They're actually planning to have a UKNI mark. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Another one. Yeah, yeah, right, right. UKNI. Yeah, this is all you know politics, and I don't really understand it. So yeah. it's also in the link uh, in that that will be in the show notes, uh, mm. and, and it will be it might change anytime as they define things uh, further. So anyway, the one the one thing to remember is that right now you have a product that you're going to put on the market in the EU and in the UK. You can just follow the exact same process and put and and and. And just mark it as C and UKCA. And yep. if you are fully in compliance for CE and the, the relative directive, you don't mm. really have to read the same, you know, the, the, the same um, piece of legislation on the UK government website mm. uh, and, and check again if, you know, it calls for the exact same standards of test or these kind of things. No, no, no. Mm. Um, it is still very much aligned, uh, which mm. is very good news still makes things uh, easy but um that's only this year and uh, and next year but after that who knows mm. well about that as well you mentioned harmonized standards for the eu uh as part of the divergence process caused by brexit i think the uk is going to be well i think they have developed what they call designated standards which are supposed to replace the harmonized standards for the eu now, how different they all are, as you mentioned, is probably very, very similar in most cases. Not but I guess, right? But 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 I guess yeah. that as as an importer into the UK, if you are going to be selling products specifically into the UK market, you'd better check about the guidance on designated standards, as they're called, just in case there are changes or or they do change in the future. Right. Uh, right now, my understanding is that it's just a difference between the EU jargon 
and the UK mm. government jargon yeah. um, is, you know, is the same thing. All right. But this is just my, um, my understanding on that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm. So again, going back to the UK politics, what's going on now? They're talking about repelling like thousands and thousands of pieces of legislations that came from Brussels over the years, right? But people also say that it's not even possible. Like the the, the people who will have to go through all of that and actually enforce these changes will not even physically have time to to go through it all and repel them one by one and all these kind of things. So it's not even realistic. So there's a lot of weird posturing going on, right? Oh, yeah, because the, the, the government that are in place at the moment, they, they're they the government of Brexit. So even though Brexit has not been uh, probably of net benefit to the UK yet, if ever, mm. uh, they they have to say, we're going to make it work. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's like it's like get you've bought a car with three wheels and you drive it around, even though it's sort of the sparks flying from one one corner of it where <laughs> there's no wheel, and you're saying, "Well, you know, the car drives. We're just going to have to get on with it, and we'll just drive around like this." Uh, Long term, if they can start unpicking all of the European laws that that we've been following. I guess they can do them piece by piece, but you know, there's probably thousands, if not millions, you know, that 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 um, cover all of the countries in the EU and formerly the UK. Uh, so I don't know. I suppose politically, it, it's grandstanding for them to say, "Yeah, we're taking back control, so we're going to be getting rid of these silly rules from mm-hmm. Brussels." We're not. We're governing ourselves now. I suppose, mm-hmm. as the government, they want to cherry pick which ones they can change or get rid of that would presumably give some sort of benefit to the UK because you've got to admit that some European rules it's there's a lot of red tape and this was one of the reasons that Brexit happened in the first place you know the the European Parliament and the way that the laws worked it's not always easy to have one size fits all is it when you've got 27 28 29 countries and it gives an opportunity to say that rule's silly. We're going to get rid of that. Whether whether they can actually do it, whether it's possible, I don't know. You know, we're all still here. The UK hasn't disappeared. <laughs> we're, we're all coping. But yeah, from a from a layman's perspective, I mean, it doesn't seem to have been very beneficial. That's for sure. Yeah, have you started to see some UKCA marked products? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've seen one or two. Not a lot. But I have definitely seen it around, yeah. So it's right. it's starting. They are starting to come out. But you'd expect yeah. that because you know we're 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 down to fewer than a couple of years before everything's got to be UKCA. So yeah, I have, but not right. super common. Mm, right, right, yeah. Okay, interesting. And by the way, a piece of advice for people you know who are discovering this and say, oh, okay, I need to have C marking on my product. Again, if you go on, you know, Alibaba, or you fly to uh, to the Canton Fair, or you 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 go walk around the showrooms of different types of Chinese suppliers, very often you will see a C mark on the product, right? And sometimes it's even in in the mold uh, that makes the you know that they use to make the the product enclosure, for example, right? Mm-hmm. And then you 
you ask, oh, okay, so this is uh, this product is is C, like you have all the documents, right? And 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 so on. And then sometimes they will say like straight, you know, well, no, we just put C because you know the importer told us to put C, like you know, that's it. And they have no clue. They have zero mm. clue about everything that I mentioned so far, right? And in some cases. Well, that's fine because maybe I'm the importer. I get them, I know I design this product, I get this supplier to manufacture it, but I arrange as the buyer, right? I arrange all the testing and certifications and all the documents and everything. I don't even show it to the supplier because I don't want them to use that to sell the same product to other companies, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So the supplier knows nothing. And then if they put my product in their showroom and they show it to some other companies, they will have no clue what to say. They will just say, well, yeah, I don't know. We set it over there and, you know, they told us to put the CE mark, (laughs) right? Um, So in some cases, it might be true that it's compliant in the way, in the sense that it's been, you know, tested and, and so on. And another importer, did everything right okay so if you take that product it's probably safe however if you're going to put it on the eu market you have to have you know the technical file and you know and and everything that must be in the technical file including test results and so on and so forth right Mm -hmm. In, in in some other cases the manufacturer will have these things sometimes the manufacturer is more hands-on and keeps the, the test reports and so on. Okay, sometimes it shows their name, and and, and so maybe they they had to pay for it. Maybe the and that other buyer told them, hey, you have to do it, and you pay for it. And if it's okay, I will buy the product. Then they did it, and they they paid for it, and then they keep the the test results and the certificates and everything, and then they can show it to other other buyers, right? So you have all kinds of cases. And you need to understand the situation by asking the right questions. Some Chinese suppliers know what the process is. And they, they um, I would not say they can guide you through it, but at least they they can provide, you know, a lot of the, the, the things that, that you need. And some other Chinese suppliers have no clue about it and they don't care because, again, they are not considered the manufacturer they're not running any risk, really. So they're like, well, whatever you want, you know, I said it to you. No problem. Then it's, it's your problem. But if you want to buy, you buy. You know, I'm happy to sell it to you. Give me your money, right? So you need to be very, very careful here. Very careful when you see that. Yeah, good advice and uh, something to remember there. Because this is for products that are being sold into Europe or the UK, it doesn't necessarily mean that... Yes. Companies that need to follow this need to be European or British. You know, if, if you're oh, an American company, for example, this is still going to apply to you. Oh, yeah, of course. If you put your yeah. product on the market of the EU and or the UK, well, you get to look into this for sure. Yeah. Uh, one yeah. Thing, yeah what, one important topic also I should mention is that All right. so far I mentioned, you know, that the manufacturer is responsible for putting all this together themselves and uh, publishing the the declaration of conformity. I mean, not publishing, right, but preparing it so it's ready to be given when requested. But depending on the 
the kind of products, sometimes a notified body has to be involved. So notified body, what do I mean? An authorized laboratory, you know, an authorized testing house. Okay, so you have the big names like, uh, you know, Tube Suite and Tube Rainland, and you have BSI and you have Bureau Veritas and you have all these people, um, Euro- European companies only, right, mm. that are authorized to to do that job and to actually establish, you know, and verify conformity. Okay, so, for example, um, medical devices, yeah, just one means lower risk is self-declaration okay Mm. now is not a bad idea still to work with one of these notified bodies and get them to uh to produce a verification of conformity right so that they verify everything they take care of the testing and then they look at the whole thing and then they say okay now sort of the technical file is um is complete and sufficient and you know and uh, it's been tested to the right um to the right standards all right it it it's a plus to do that when your product mm. is how to say um could be unsafe <laughs> it's better to to go the extra way to pay them an, an extra one thousand dollars or something to, to do that, to produce that verification of conformity. Then you use that as a basis, you know, okay, then you, you draft your declaration of conformity, but it's not a must. However, if you do medical device class two or class three, you know, involving much more risk, then it's a must. You have to involve one of these uh, notified bodies, right? That's what they call it in the EU. Uh, and they can be they can be found in what they call the NANDO d- database, N-A-N-D-O, and they are different for different types of products. Okay, so be 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 careful. A notified body that's okay here will not be okay for another kind of product necessarily. Okay, you always need to mm. double check. But basically, you need to work with them all along, and they will do the testing, and they might have to also go uh, check the the manufacturers' quality systems and so on and so forth. Right. Uh, there's a certain number of, of things that need to be done. And then at the end, once everything, you know, all the, the boxes have been ticked, they say, okay, we confirm, you know, all of this is fine and you are authorized to affix the CE marking and the UK CA marking, you know, on, on the product. Uh, yeah, this this is very clearly mentioned in the directives or the regulations, right? that apply to to the product so um you might have to work very closely from from early on with one of these otherwise if it's not a must you don't have to work with one of these notified bodies i mean you mm-hmm. could have maybe your internal laboratory you could use the the, the manufacturer's internal laboratory you could use a cheaper testing house from china you could do you know as long as it's clearly, you know, up to the right standard, uh, the harmonized standard, and things are documented the right way, and it's pretty clear, you know, there's data and everything. Okay, yeah, it's been tested to that. Mm-hmm. All right, because in the end, as the quote-unquote manufacturer, you know, the company that basically puts it on the market in the EU and the UK uh, and does that in their own name, you have the ultimate responsibility. So you have to trust the lab, right? Yeah. If you trust them and you're ready to sort of 
you know, put your hand <laughs> or your to stick out your neck and and uh, and say, yeah, I'm 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 pretty uh, pretty confident. Go ahead, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, for the more risky types of products, it's not allowed. You have to work with the one in a short list of European testing houses that have been authorized for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point to remember. Are there any very specific UK CA testing houses yet as well? There must be, right? Um, so right now, I mean, obviously the BSI and Intertech testing services are in the UK, but any ones that are okay for CE marking in continental yeah. Europe are, you know, it's like a club, right? Mm-hmm. So they can say okay for UK uh, CA yeah. and CE, and then the, the ones in the UK can say okay for also UK CA or, or CE, right? Got it. Um, Got it. So far, I don't think there's any change. There's any difference. But again, who who knows if we record that again in five years, it might be mm. uh, it might be quite different. So uh, yeah, let's 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 keep our eyes on that. Mm, okay, good. Thanks. So uh, that's a really good overview of how to become compliant with CE and UKCA with with a focus on general consumer uh, electromechanical products. Of course, there are other product types that might have different uh, compliance requirements that we haven't covered. So it's it's all a good reminder for anybody wanting to place products on the market in Europe and the UK. Thanks, Renaud. All right. Thanks. Thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Sophie's Group. We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia, including inspections, auditing, new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfillment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at sofeast.com. That's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot com to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share because it will really help others discover us too.